Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Chris Cotillo, Red Sox beat reporter for Mass Live, joins us right now. And you can follow him at Chris, C-O-T-I-L-L-O. Chris, great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. And um, do you believe the conspiracy theory that was just thrown out there that Black bats lead to better check swing results. Yeah, I've, I've never heard that before. Pretty interesting, but I'm going to tell you, I do not have the time, energy, or intellect to, to handle the study on it. So we're going to have to pass <laughs> that off to somebody else. Well, you're not in Cleveland, so you have all weekend. You can start with that, or all week. Well, they're the team's in Cleveland. He's not clearly not in Cleveland. Oh, he's at Fenway yeah, Park. That's, the sign says it. No, yeah, that's right. Exactly. You can you can't get that sign anywhere. You have to be actually in the ballpark to buy it. Yeah. So I'm also <laughs> I'm also in North I'm also in North Carolina. So. Well, let's get into the Red Sox then, Chris. So they lost again yesterday to Tampa Bay and the Rays have owned them, but they've owned quite a few other teams. Here's my number one pressing question that I've learned from my friends on this show. When you call a team meeting, you do it when you have a very favorable pitching matchup the next day. They call a team meeting right before they're about to face Shane McClanahan. And they lost. But they didn't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. They didn't know, right? McClanahan was a surprise starter. He wasn't supposed to start that game, right? No, they knew. Oh, they knew? (laughs) Poor planning. (laughs) That was terrible planning. No wonder Alex Cora got ejected. You can't do that. Even if you want to call the team meeting, you have to do it a day later. Did anyone talk about the fact that they absolutely, like, burned and shattered the number one rule with team meetings? Well, they have Bieber today, so it uh, couldn't happen today either. So uh, I don't know. It's it's. I think the second time they've called one, um, I think a single play probably led to that. I mean, everybody saw that you know, Little League home run, Yandy Diaz on Sunday at Fenway, one of the more embarrassing plays probably in the history of the big leagues. And um, I think they, they probably had to kind of you know, discuss like, hey, that's not us. We, we can't be um that sloppy we're kind of uh, as everybody called it embarrassing right i mean that was one of the um kind of microcosm for how the last couple weeks have gone for them but generally they just haven't played well so you know the leaders stepped up and i guess called a team meeting yesterday obviously wasn't in there to see what that looked like um it it didn't work in in the short term with a 4-1 loss but you know this is a team with a lot of talent a lot of veterans and i think that um you know guys like justin turner guys like kenley jansen who i know we're going to talk about they know when when those moments are needed. Um, so apparently they, they weren't looking at the probables, but still felt like it was a good time. You know what Ozzie Gann used to say about team meetings? Good teams win, bad teams have meetings. So yeah. are there, there are 500. My 30 thing, and 30. My, my thing is, is that literally home run, listen, it was just a weird play and it was a mistake. So like for them to throw everything on that one play was kind of like, oh, it's embarrassing. Of course, but I was in the playoffs and we dropped a pop-up in the middle of the infield and two runs scored. I mean, stuff like that happens. Is this a good team? They're 500. Is this a good team? Is this team good enough to move maybe to the postseason? I take a a lot of credit for my preseason prediction being 81 and 81 on the dot because it looks smart right now. It's such a cop-out to pick that. You know, you're just completely straddling the line. But so far, it looks good. I mean, they're a good team that, um, 
is facing a lot of good teams, right? I mean, they're they're obviously not in the same class as the Rays, probably, you know, not in the same class as really at least three of the four teams in their division. Um, the thing that I think has been the problem is that they have not really beat up on kind of the, the opportunities to get wins. I know every team's a big league club. Every team has talent. Every team can win in any given day. But they're 1-8 and eight at Fenway against the Pirates, Cardinals, and Reds. And they were 0-8 before the finale against the Reds. That's one of those stretches where you look and, you know, that there's times where they've looked like they can beat anybody. And then when you don't take care of those opportunities, especially at your home ballpark, that says a lot. I think they just kind of need to tread water until they get fully healthy. Trevor Story is going to be back in about a month or so, probably. Adam Duvall is coming back this week. Um, you know, they still have some other guys that are going to be important, some smaller names, Yu Chang, probably in the next couple of weeks, Christian Arroyo yesterday, you know, some relievers, John Schreiber, obviously sales now hurt, which is a big, big blow. I think they're just trying to tread water until they can finally be at full strength for the first time. I know, you know a lot of teams have that mentality. Is it going to be too late? You know, who's to say this is an important week for them, you know, three in Cleveland, three in New York. Um, they have, they've not been good since an eight game winning streak at the beginning of May, Um you know, it seems like if one part of the roster is performing, then another one is falling apart. So I think they have a lot to prove this week. It's a it's a, a 30 and 30 team that looked like, you know, a, a 500 team heading in before they got to full strength. It's just to me about do they tread water until stories back and do balls a central part of that again. So they are who they are. And essentially this is you're telling me this is going to be a boring team to watch the rest of the way. Like they're just going to play 500. And if if that's true. If it's not, tell me it's not true, but is it ownership's fault? Like, are we still in here and it's ownership's fault that Duvall is the only reason that they are over 500 team? I mean, I think there's, you know, there's some definite things you can question about how they went about building the roster uh, coming out of the winter. You know, I think Kike Hernandez at shortstop is your replacement for you know, Bogarts and then eventually Story. I mean, that uh, was an idea that a lot of people questioned, and he leads the league in errors and has been, you know, can't throw from over there, and it's been a disaster. You know, the defense up the middle has been really poor. Him, Emmanuel Valdez at second, even Tristan Costas at first hasn't been great. And so that sloppy play, something that really irritates Alex Cora, a guy who, as he always says, you know, he played 14 years in the majors because he could defend and because he, you know, knew where to throw and knew – uh, kind of the fundamentals and for a team led by him to not have it sometimes is very very frustrating you know there's holes like there are on every roster I do think they've been really beat up you know Duvall missing two months was a big blow uh, they knew about story heading into the season I don't think they did enough to shore that up and then you know a guy steps up like Yu Chang and plays good defense at short he gets hurt you know Arroyo always hurt Mondesi they thought they'd be able to get him back by this point he's a guy that has you know not progressed to the point where he's even close to game action in Fort Myers pitching staff sale Schreiber, a guy like Blyer, they thought would be pretty good, has been you know bad and now uh, injured. So um, I think they are beat up. They used the injury thing as an excuse last year when they were very beat up. In terms of ownership, you know, people, I think the big question around here is how much are they bought in? You know, are they too focused on the Penguins or the NASCAR team or Liverpool, whatever it is? Uh, and it's tough for us to tell because John Henry has not been available to us in the media since they made the Mookie Betts trade. That was the last time he spoke about the Red Sox publicly in a traditional press conference format. So, you know, when he's in hiding, it, it's kind of tough to see or tough to tell how invested he is. You know, this is a team that, you know, always spends money. I don't think they're at the very top this year in terms of payroll. But, um, you know, if they're in it at the deadline, I think they'll be willing to go over the CBT. They were last year, which ended up being a mistake. Uh, they have, obviously, Rafael Devers, who, despite having a down year, he got a you know, $330 million contract. So I think they're lacking a little bit of star power that falls on ownership in terms of are they boring? I think, you know, in that sense, yes, a little bit. Devers is the only star, really. Um, 
you know, Chris Sale, we saw flashes. He's hurt again. Trevor Story, could he be a star? Sure, but he's been hurt. Um, so in terms of boring, I think uh, that might be why I would lean yes a little bit. Um, I think anything's interesting when you come to the trade deadline. You have to pick your identity. They had to do that last year. They straddled the fence. I think they have to pick one direction or the other this year. And Heimblum might be in job-saving mode. You know, Alex Cora might find himself in a place where he, you know, either doesn't want to keep doing this because, you know, he's not been you know, handed a roster that he likes over the last few years, or he finds himself in hot water maybe because of a sloppy play on the field. So I think in Boston there's always interesting storylines from my perspective, but, you know, mediocre 30-30 and 30 is probably – you know, less exciting or less interesting than a historically good team or a historically bad one. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You hit on the ownership a little bit. The ownership's not going to do anything at the trade deadline. They're going to—they didn't do anything in the offseason. What all of a sudden is going to be? Oh, here we go! Like, look for you. And you said stars. They had Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts, stars that came right. up through the organization. Where are the Red Sox going in the next five years? And don't give me the whole like, ah, oh, you know, they had this bad year, and then they won a World Series. Yippee yee! We know how hard it is to win a World Series. Where are they going? Where do you? What do you see? Do you see 500 ball for five next five years? It's always an overcorrection. That's the thing. You know, they they'll do something where they go and have you know a championship GM who is a guy that's willing to spend and willing to go get you know division titles and buy championships in Dombrowski, and then they think, oh wow, we're we're over the CBT. We got to rebuild the farm system. Go get Heim Bloom, who does not have that aggressive DNA. He's built the Rays and helped them for 15 years, and we've seen that be kind of a slow process. I think that there's probably, if Heim is to get fired or if they're to move on from him, probably an overcorrection in the other direction where they go out and get some GM who you know, is willing to spend, willing to make aggressive trades, willing to uh, overpay. I think the really interesting thing is, you know, I've been covering the team for uh, five years now, and, and most of that's been under Heim Bloom. They've made two trades as a buyer, Kyle Schwarber, which was a rental, and Adam Ottavino, where it was cash for Ottavino and a prospect and a salary dump. They have not made any trades to buy in Heimblum's entire tenure, which is crazy if you think about the trades that came before him. Kimbrell, Sale, you know, looking back at trade deadlines before or even off seasons, Adrian Gonzalez, Victor Martinez, you know, you you add stars or you add really good players to this mix, and they haven't really done that. So uh, I think in terms of Heimblum, you know, if they struggle, I, I do think that he probably is on the hot seat down the stretch. And then there's going to be that overcorrection where they go out and get probably some veteran season GM who just wants to win and does the Dombrowski thing and tries to build an instant contender with some of the pieces they have. But, you know, the lack of star power in Boston, I think, is the most striking thing. And that was apparent from the first day of spring training. Like, there's big names, you know, in the guys who have good career sense, right? Kluver, Turner, Jansen, you know, Story, Sale. But in terms of, like, MLB top 100 guys right now, it's Devers and nobody else. Um, I think Yoshida, obviously playing himself into that mix, he's been, you know, helpful and a very good player. But um, it's a team that lacks kind of that, Think about, you know, not just Mookie and Xander, like you mentioned, but, you know, Ortiz and Pedroia and Manny and Schilling and Beckett, these guys that they had in the past. They just don't have those guys anymore. And uh, it's a tough way to, to build a roster and an even tougher way, I think, to build fan interest around here. 
I worked for the Red Sox in player development for like six seconds. Tell everybody why I'm so smart and I love Marcelo Meyer. Uh, I think he's the complete package. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, he was obviously your blue chip prospect coming out of high school. Uh, they were, I think, thrilled that he fell to them. People thought he was going to be the number one pick. Um, but just, you know, a natural athlete, a guy that they feel like, you know, can can do it all. And and he's a guy that has really checked every box, right? He's in double A at 20. So I think fans are really excited about him. And, and you know, Scott Boris said this, and I think it's true. A big piece of not wanting to sign Bogarts for so long was that they kind of saw this kid coming and, and wanted to, you know, kind of keep the path open for him. So how that works out with Trevor Story the next few years is interesting, but they clearly have him earmarked as the heir to Xander, who, if you look at it, no offense to my favorite player growing up, Nomar Garcia-Para, uh, Xander is probably the best shortstop in franchise history, you know, the one with the best track record, and I think they think Meyer can really, you know, kind of unseat him on that throne. No offense, but did you watch the Doug Mikavich Legends territory I, where he said they had to get rid of Nomar in order to win, so... Yeah, well, if you told if you told seven eight year old Chris Cotillo that it would be a very sad day. <laughs> <laughs> so but you're you, a fan. I was back then, yeah. It was, uh, but I was seven, so it was acceptable. Okay. Would you take as a Red Sox fan because you just admitted you're a fan and don't say no, you're not because you are. You are. You, that's, a that's a lie. That's a lie. I root for I root for quick games and good stories. AJ, it's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. that's a lie. Yeah. No, it's not. You just admitted he was a Red Sox. It's fine. Not a, a lie. Kid. You know it's not. A it's lot. okay. Deep down, kid. deep down, when he when he is no longer no, working no, for the he beat, he's still going to root for the no, Red Sox. No, no, nope. not at all. Fake nope. news. Okay. Don't worry about it, Chris. Now that Scott's lying side. some more, uh, Chris, would you take Dave Dombrowski coming in like he did, wins a World Series, does it all? Now that now they're kind of back to we got to rebuild this thing again, or are you in it for the long haul with Heim Bloom and? saying like little pieces, Marcelo Meyer, or whoever they have coming up, and then mix and match with a free agent here and there. Which one as a fan, not saying you're a fan, the fans of Fenway, the fans in Boston, which one would they rather have? The quick fix, let's win a World Series, or the long haul? I think it's it's the quick fix and win a World Series. And Dave Dombrowski had a really interesting quote, I think, right before he got fired here. Remember, he got fired less than a year after winning a World Series. That was September of 2019, and he had won the World Series in October 2018. Um, he had a quote to Bob Nightingale that said, I don't under like I don't understand why I'm on the hot seat. I thought it was about winning. Like I've delivered three division titles in a row in a World Series. Like I I don't understand, you know? Like I thought this game was about winning, which is probably the mentality you should have. Obviously, there's trade-offs, and I think the Red Sox probably, as I said, the overcorrection leaning in either direction. When Dave Dombrowski comes in and does that, to an extent, guts the farm system, though, you know, a lot of good players, whether the Devers or, you know, some of these other younger guys that have come up um, were under his purview. When you do that, you go over the CBT, there's costs, and that's what, you know, baseball has those rules in place for. When you do that and you win and you spend a lot of money, you're going to get penalized so that, you know, you can't do it every year. Somehow, you know, obviously the Dodgers find a way, and even with no payroll, the Rays find a way, it seems. But I think Red Sox fans would would rather have, you know, the winner instead of this long haul. Uh, that being said, there are some guys under Heim Bloom that are starting to show, like, they can play. You know, Duran is one. Uh, I know he struggled in the last couple of weeks, but he's been pretty good so far this year. Connor Wong has, you know, ended up looking like one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. And so, you know, those guys and some of the, you know, between the margins guys, Garrett Whitlock and you know, Christian Arroyo to an extent, and you know, some of these other guys that brought in Duvall for a week at the beginning of the year look good. There's just not that central cast 
of you know superstars and homegrown superstars that they used to have uh, that they have now. So you know you can only do so much on the margins. To answer the question, they want a winning team, you know, but at the same time, organizational sustainability. These guys in the front office, they're focused on let's try to build a contender every year. Would you rather have the Rays model where they make the playoffs every year and haven't won one, or you know the Red Sox first place World Champions last place World Champions last place thing? Um, you know, it's a tough question because, you know, racking up regular season wins at the end of the day, you guys know better than me, doesn't mean as much as, as winning that trophy at the end. So as a Red Sox fan, you know, you've won four World Series in the last, you know, 25 years uh, or 20 years. Uh, they, I think, would trade the last place finishes for that. But all of a sudden it's, you know, five years since the last one and people are getting antsy. Antsy. That's, like, yeah, that's that's unfair. People in, people in New England are are spoiled including one that's of right. our, one of our producers, but he's not, he's not on here right now. So that's, that's <laughs> part watching. of it is you mentioned Connor Wong is the trade of Mookie Betts just an absolute flop. I mean, Jeter Downs being the centerpiece of that deal. I think that they looked at him as the most talented piece the piece they were most excited about. He played like, 10 major league games for the Red Sox and struck out in 21 of 41 plate appearances and now like can't make the majors with Washington. So when you miss that badly in a Dodger system where look, there's so many talented guys and that's the guy you've got. I think it's tough to not look at that as a flop in hindsight. Verdugo is a guy who, you know, has really produced this year. Everybody around him says he's matured a lot. Um, I think he's been in a, probably an above average player an above average starter for now, four seasons. He's had his ups and downs. Sure. He's more of a supporting cast guy in the past. Now he's kind of one of the more of the featured players. Uh, I think people in Boston like him. Connor Wong was kind of the throw in piece when they redid the deal. I think he's probably, you know, maybe exceeded expectations a little bit, just especially defensively with his frame, the power he can show. If that guy turns into, you know, and this is a big ask, you're starting catcher for five, six years and you have what Verdugo's given you. It's not a complete flop, but but they were counting on down so much, and that was such a disaster. Um, you know, I, I think you look looking back, no matter what they got in the return, um, it was never going to be good enough. I think the best comp is the Lindor trade, what Cleveland was able to get. Obviously, a couple guys up the middle that you know have really, and I know you had one of them on today, uh, guys that you know have really you know solidified you know Cleveland's lineup and been kind of you know bona fide players. Verdugo and and obviously Wong have not been that, and Downs was not so. Um, that I think is, is always going to be one of those where, you know, it's tough to get enough. I do think that looking back, they decided, you know, there's not much, it's not going to be a crazy, crazy package for one year of this guy. And we're going to lessen the value by attaching David Price and his contract. That was a valuable piece of it too, for better or for worse. I know it's not sexy for fans to look at, no, we got $16 million of payroll relief to get under the CBT. But I think that was a mandate from ownership, which is a whole other problem in and of itself. And that makes the return look a little underwhelming, you know, three, four years later. Who curses more, you or Alex Verdugo? Uh, I feel bad for Jemai Webster on Nesson because every walk-off <laughs> hit with them, it's just, it's just, you know, the, the FCC violations are just flying. Mm -hmm. He's built for foul territory, Verdugo. Get him I'm on. Saying. Yeah, we will. We're, he's get coming soon. Up. Yeah, we'll get him soon. Hey, I want to uh, lastly, Chris, promote your podcast, the Fenway Rundown, the Red Sox podcast um, that you put together and bring on baseball guests. And you have a Terry Francona conversation. You want to tell us yeah. anything about? Yeah, we got him earlier today. Uh, so pretty exciting. That was 
if I will admit the seven-year-old fan that is now dead was excited to have Terry Francona on today. And, you know, and the guy that I obviously never covered because I was in high school when he uh, stopped managing the Red Sox, but along with Sean McAdam, talked to him today ahead of the Red Sox being in Cleveland and, you know, always heard and seen the, the stories of him being an excellent interview. And uh, I think we uh, delivered another one today. So that should be up pretty soon. Can you give us like one sneak peek? Give me like one small thing that uh, he, we should look forward to. He did not tell us how long he'd manage, uh, but he, he did say that uh, if Dustin Pedroia's wife lets him, Dustin Pedroia will manage in the big league someday. Ooh. Okay. There you go. That'd be interesting. Jeez. There'd be a lot of arguments. I played with Petey. <laughs> he would definitely argue with the umpires. Yeah, so does Aaron Aaron Boone gets kicked out every other game. <laughs> so still I like it. Awesome. All right. We'll we'll uh we'll be listening when it releases the Fenway Rundown, the Boston Red Sox podcast. You can look it up and you can read all of Chris's work on masslive.com and follow him at Chris C O T I L L O. Hey Chris, great to have you on. Appreciate the time, man, and we'll uh, be listening to the Tito interview later today. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Chris Cotillo on the Red Sox. He's a fan. Not a fan. You're such a that. See that part. I will say that is troll. That's you lying. That's you lying, AJ. Yeah, that's. He said he was a fan. He said he when he was was a kid. Why? Why are you so obsessed with with writers' fandom? Because they're fans and they just want to admit it. It They're baseball fans. It drives you crazy. Is it pet peeve? Yeah, because they're fans. You're so wrong, though. It's not. He was a fan. He not is a fan. No, it's like been the running theme with AJ. We have a writer on every every day. Yeah. And sometimes like a person from Pennsylvania covering like Cleveland, and he's like, oh, so you love the Guardians, right? <laughs> like, no. Well, no, like Scott Merkin for the White Sox. He's a Cup fan. <laughs> okay, but that's like your one example, I guess, of, of your personal situation with a writer that you know his life, and I guess you're speaking for him that he likes a particular team. Woo-hoo. AJ, AJ, the other on Friday you weren't on, but I said mm-hmm. – Anytime that Scotty B makes fun of you, his voice is always the exact same. Oh, he's a fan. (laughs) And he always crosses his arms. That's just so he can show off his biceps. No, it's because I'm grumpy. Dude, look how smooth. I'm grumpy because I got into beef with the writers. Because sometimes the writers come on and they go, oh, AJ, remember when you – Sometimes, ever so far. Well, Chris is the first one that hasn't said something. I know. Chris didn't have an AJ story. We should have asked him. He wasn't a fan. He wasn't a fan. That's my fault. That's my fault. Seven-year-old Chris was afraid of AJ. Chris wasn't a fan. Jeez. Andres Jimenez of the Cleveland Guardians joins us right now. Andres, how are you? Where are you at? What's up, guys? I'm right here in the next to the clubhouse. Nice. Okay. So yeah. first off, I'm gonna let AJ begin because A what? I just saw him. Oh, you did? Like two days. Did you guys talk in person? Yeah. Oh, yeah. what did you talk like about? Two days ago. What, was this your first time meeting AJ in person? No, yeah, the week before. That was my first the week time. before. The week before you talked to him. The week before too? I talked to him. Oh. Well, I just wanted to apologize. I'm sorry that you had to meet him in person. Um, did he, was he nice to you? Yeah, yeah, he was nice. He was nice. He was what did you guys talk about? The, no, he just, I was finished my, my BP and he was with my hitting coach talking and he introduced me, AJ. So, hey, Victor. Yeah, Victor. I love Victor. He's great. I had him in Boston. He's yeah, awesome. He's great. Yeah, he's always a good guy. And he lied like you and said something nice about me to Andres. So then we became friends. <laughs> Andres, 
this is what Scott's trying to get to. I said, you've seen Luis Arise, obviously Venezuelan, hitting 399. I said, when I talked to Victor about you and I talked to Tito about you, they said, you need to get back to hitting the ball all over the field because you're kind of a little pull happy, right? And I think you would, I think you would agree with me. And I said, this is what Andres did last year when he had such a great year was he spread the ball all over the field. I know it's easier said than done, but how can we get you back to hitting it all over the field, getting the Guardians going, and especially getting yourself going? Yeah, uh, obviously that's one of the reasons that I'm spending a lot of time in the cage, trying to, you know, get the swing back to the other way and be good, you know, pulling the ball when I'm catching him from. So I'm just working out on the cage every time, uh, trying to, you know, get that swing right to the opposite way. And, yeah, I know I'm really... I'm really honest with myself. Uh, I've been, I've been the last month. I've been really full happy. It's time to figure it out and you know let the ball travel a little bit and use it, use the other way. Andres, quién es el jugador más importante de equipo? Who's the most important player on your team for you guys to win? Oh, uh, I think you know the way that we play. I think everyone is important. Because the, the way that we played that our offense work is always gonna be different hero like last year. Um, so you know, too many people, too many guys on base the whole time. So that bat, you know, it's gonna get the right guy at the right moment. So for me, just try to, you know, be on base and good things are gonna happen. I think for us, it's just as a team, you know. Not Jose. You don't think it's Jose? You don't think Jose? Yeah, I mean, to get no. going? I mean, obviously, he's he's our guy, you know, but he yeah, always but, do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So then, he's. Do you think that? And I've done your games two weeks in a row, and I've obviously talked to you about it. Sorry, but do you think he's trying to do too much right now? Because when I see him hit, he is swinging at balls that he never swung at before, swinging at balls over his head, swinging at balls in the dirt. Do you think that he's feeling pressure to do more? To try to carry the team that he ever has. Mm, no, not really. I don't think like he feels pressures at all. I think he knows what he can do, and you know everyone here in the team know what he can do. So I feel like we are had a bad stretch as a team, and you know. But I don't feel like he 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 feel the pressure. Okay, that's good. By the way, this is the least you've ever smiled in the all the times you've had you on. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Let's go. Get back to that. There you go. Smile. Get back to the fun He's times. He's in gamer mode now. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Wanna, I, the, yeah. No, wants to go no. out. You guys want to get a, a few double-digit run scoring games and be like, all right, here we go. Let's go now. You know? Yeah. It's all, you know, that's contagious. Everything is contagious. So we need... You know, a little bit on the a little bit of luck on the offensive side, and everything is gonna come together. Wait, when do you guys when do you guys play the A's? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> oh don't God. worry, I'm looking it up. But in the meantime, tell me about Tristan McKenzie. He comes back. He's always got a great attitude. He's a fun guy. Super tall, so he stands out too, right? And right away in his debut, five innings, punches out ten. You looked amazing you know some guys sometimes yeah. come back at this point in the season hard to get yourself going right off the jump he looked like prime tristan mckenzie so what was that like and also what's your relationship like with a young player like tristan oh it's been great man uh we played together uh 
on AAA, so we have you know more time to to know each other and having him back is just special. You know, we all know what he can do on the on the mound, what kind of pitcher he is, and he's just special, man. He goes out there and competes and brings the energy. He brings a lot of energy to the team. And, you know, having him back and, you know, give us the, the chance to, to put something on the board and win the game, he's just special. So I don't want him to, to stay healthy and some good things are going to happen. How good How good did it feel? How important were those two games, the last two games in Minnesota? You guys lost the first they, two. You lost one yeah. nothing. You lost 7-6. Then you come back and you win Saturday, home run by Brennan. Uh, I forget someone else hit a home run. Right? Who, uh, Quan. Quan. Quan, Quan hit the home run, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you guys win Sunday with McKenzie dealing, and now you get an off day at Boston coming in town. They're kind of reeling right now. Is this where you guys? Because you guys had a similar record last year. Is this where you guys mm-hmm. kind of start? All right, that's time. Let's go. Let's go. It's time to go now. Yeah, like I said, just something have to something will have to happen, and you know it's contagious. So, yeah, the last two games on Minnesota, they were important because we start uh, losing the two, the two first games, first two games of the series. And then, you know, we're coming back and with the chance to tie the, the series, they split the series. And, yeah, it was important because, you know, it was against Minnesota. Minnesota's in first place, so we are in the same division. So every, every game uh, matters over there. And, and, they, they, and they are a great team. Is he the is he the weirdest manager you've ever had? Is Tito like the things he does? No, not really. Uh, like all the gum, I, all the chew, and like. He's <laughs> always. He just. I just been with two managers, so. <laughs> oh, your whole. I mean, in the minor leagues yeah. too. Yeah, in the minor leagues, but you know, it's not the same. It's different. But yeah, he's he's pretty good, man. I, I have nothing to say about Tito. Have you ever seen Tito? Have you ever seen Tito shirtless? Mm, no. Okay, that's why. That's why you don't have anything to say then. He walks around shirtless in the clubhouse. I know. He would go to do an interview and he's scrambling to put his shirt on. We're like, oh, yeah. Tito, hold on, we can wait thirty minutes. He, he always he always just has those long white cotton sliders on. It's gross. I don't know what under I don't know what under interviews yeah he wears he wears those terrible sliders you know what I'm talking about they're like his legs are so skinny so they're not tight <laughs> no but I, ne- I never I never go there and see him. okay all right you just focus on playing you don't worry about Tito yeah usually I ended up we finish the game and I go straight to the trainer room you know to Try to do something on the body to get ready for next next day. Okay, what's your routine after the game? Because early in my career, I did nothing. And then as I got older, I would go into the training yeah. room after the game and get stretched out by either the strength guy or the trainer just to get, you know, some blood flowing after a game. So uh, what, what is your routine after a game? So I we finish the game, you know. If we win, we, we hear the music, enjoy a little bit. And then after five minutes, I go straight to the, to, to the tops. Cool water, hot water, cool water, hot water, and you know if I need a massage, I, I let them know. It's just how my my body reacts, you know. It's just depend of the game. Sometimes I run a lot and a little bit tired, or or maybe I go to the pool and float a little bit. It just depends of of my body. 
What about before the game? Oh, before the game, I usually just you know stay relaxed in the in the chair, thinking about the game, try to prepare myself, you know, thinking about the pitcher or something, and then I go like to the cage for like ten ten balls on BP, and then straight to the game to get my stretch and you know my routine on the pregame. You don't do the Pilates, the Pilates lady that you guys have oh, like, yeah, over your right shoulder. You go in there. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do it, but it's more like a this time, like 2 p.m. or 2.30. That's when I do it. Wait, tell us about it. So, yeah, so there's a Pilates instructor. Yeah. Is it a class? Is it just a individual session you can walk in? And I don't know a lot about uh, Pilates. It's, it's like, Pilates. It's like two-person two session, uh, okay. about 30 minutes. So, yeah, we had it here. We had a scale, and she come here, and, you know, we, we go in there and do our job. But it's not easy, man. ¿Qué tal antes de, de ir al, al campo? Before you get to the uh, field, what do you I, do? Before yeah, you get to I the just field. stay re relaxed at home. Maybe I have I have to do like that job. <laughs> and that. Like so, and that. So, you know, swimming classes or, you know, go with my son to the park and throw him a couple of balls, you know, with my family. If my family is at home. They are at home, so we enjoy it. Maybe good food and talk. It's just normal things, you know. That's what I like. He's not changing. You're not changing diapers. Yeah, I do it sometimes. Oh. Ah, no. Yeah, I try to do. I try. I try no, to be rich now. Guys accusing him of not. No, he's rich now, dude. You hire someone to change diapers when you sign a hundred million dollars. No, no, I, I do it. I like to do it because oh. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. He gets to spend time. I understand, but I mean, there's times where the, the poop smells, and you're like, <laughs> you don't have kids. You no, don't I like, I like, I like, I like to think uh, that I am a baseball player just when I came here, when I come here to the ballpark. Keep that, keep that. So Minnesota, yeah. they have in Minnesota, they have on the scoreboard. They have hobbies that you allegedly like. When I would go there, they have some lie because Mike Herman and Dustin Morris would put up lies about me on the scoreboard. <laughs> But Andres, when he came up to hit, it said he likes to draw. So you like oh, yeah, to draw. What's yeah, your favorite thing to draw? Every time. It just depends. Uh, I like to do a lot of, uh, like, a, for example, the last time that we do, we have an activity. We have a program here in the, the Guardians uh, with the kids, you know, drawing everything. And, and we just did a, a Guardian. And it was tough, man. I have to. We have so many kids there doing great job, and I was like, "I'm terrible at this." <laughs> I doubt that. I highly doubt. Have you shared any practice. before? Well, huh? why don't you? Sh have you ever shared any of your drawings, like on your Instagram? No, no, not really. I don't like that. I have it at home. But now in the season, it's kind of like tough because you know, like I said, I'm with my family at home and come here try to focus on the game, and you know, it's not really. You know, much time to do it just in the road trips. It actually kind of leads me into my next question because something I've asked to a couple of our guests recently after AJ told me that his, it was your dad giving you stick my figure? My mom. Or your mom was giving him um, stick figure uh, drawings of his on swing on how to hit. <laughs> And oh my God. I wanted to know yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. I wanted to get the lowdown from you. Who's that person in your life, family, friend, whatever, 
that will call or text you and say, hey, I'm watching you. This is what you should be doing. And who did we have on yesterday? Nikki Lopez's dad said he he told him some tips, some old school tips. And Nikki's like, you know what, dad? I have coaches now. I'm okay. I want you to just enjoy the game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on my family, it's not really like a someone specific, but I had a friend who, you know, is one of my, my guys. And he, you know, we, sometimes we have the chance to talk about baseball or if it's not at night, maybe next day in the morning we talk about it. Like, hey, you're doing this and doing that. I feel like you're chasing some, chasing some beaches and, you know, that's everything. But uh, with my mom, just she's just relaxed, like positive the whole time. My wife, the same thing. Uh, my grandma, the same thing. But I will say it's my friend. ¿Quién llama a, lo, a lo, los uh, no, novatos? Novatos en el frente de Wawa? Who calls, who, uh, calls the, who calls the rookies to the front of the bus? Oh, Quantrill. Carl Quantrill. Yeah, he get the mic and he bring the, the rookies and doing, you know, you know, doing their stuff. ¿Quién mejor? Uh, last year, for sure, it was Steven Quan. He had a great... ¿Por qué? We have great, great memories. I don't know. He, he, he was just fun <laughs> doing some some fun stuff over there. Does anybody sing? Does anybody bailar? Yeah, anybody? everyone. Everyone. Everyone have to sing. If no, you go straight to the baño. <laughs> straight to the bathroom. Straight to the bathroom. Is that like the timeout? Yeah. Spot? If you don't yeah, do yeah. it, you go to no, the bathroom. No, if, you, if you're not approved by the teammate, you go straight there. And yeah, they start, you, start banging, you start banging on the luggage rack above. Yeah. <laughs> baño, baño, baño. True. Does every team yeah, do this? Is. Pretty much. Yeah. A lot of them. Come to the front of the bus. I feel like bus. everyone does it, right? Yeah. yeah. Who's, on the who's bus. The Come to the front of the bus. But then what if someone has to go to the bathroom? You don't go to the bathroom on the bus. No, you hold it. <laughs> you hold it. Who's yeah. the worst, though? Who's the worst at singing? Uh, I would say Brennan. Brennan. He's in the baño the whole time. <laughs> yeah, Wait, what did you time. sing? What did you sing? Last year, uh, it was like a bag bunny song. Ah, but I went, I went to the baño as well. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't let's hear, good. Let's hear it, a little but... bit. Let's hear. We like bad bunny. We like bad. No, no, no chance. No chance. I'm oh, good. Solo es diferente. It's a wawa key. No, 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 no. It's a wawa key. No. Yeah, everybody no. has to sing, Scott. No, I like that. I, not everyone, I didn't not know. everyone has that talent, man. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> but not you have to do good it. at it. You got to try. You have to do it. Exactly. But uh, you have to. <laughs> yeah, you got to try. It's so part of it. We wouldn't have sent. We you could do whatever if he would have tried right now. We wouldn't have sent him to the bathroom. Yeah, we wouldn't send you to the bathroom. Yeah, and your family probably. <laughs> I bet your family would have liked hearing it on this show. Like they might have given you tips on that more than talking about your game on the field, right? Oh, yeah. My, my family is not. My family better. I think they prefer to dance. Okay, so dance for <laughs> Dance this on. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Crouchy's got it going. Wait, yeah. I, he did a dance that we have to bring up, okay? So last time we had you on, we talked about what? Go on. You know where I'm going. I know where you're going. Wander Franco flipping the ball to himself and then making the play. And you were like, that's cool. And we liked it too, or at least I did. But I'm just going to speak for myself. You can we do whatever you too, want. Andres. We also you guys liked, liked it. it. Great. Fantastic. We all liked it. 
So you said, I've got something special for you if I get to the All-Star game again. Mm -hmm. That night, you actually did something very unique. Can you give me the play-by-play of how you recorded the out against division rival Akil Badu and his... Oh, yeah. Blank. But which... Oh, when he was stolen the base? Yeah, when, when he was stealing the base. Yeah, he was stealing the base. you picked up the rebound, and you got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say it was it was lucky. I didn't I didn't know that the ball hit him where he hit him, you know. And you just was watching the watching the iPad and the video, and, and I was like, he was in pain. I can I can hear him screaming there because he was in pain. But it was just poor lucky. And I was I was telling you guys, just joking with you guys. <laughs> but No, but he did the know, behind the back just, too. Didn't you do the the next night you did behind the back? Oh yeah, the double play. The double play. Yeah. Oh, I thought that's yeah, what Scott yeah. was going. I didn't know he was talking about the yeah, PP that, ball. That one that one that one was kinda like you know, the only chance that I have to make the the, the out at second. Yeah, that was sick. That, that was yeah. That was the only chance that I have to make the the out at second, and it was close. I don't know if it. I'm not sure if if he was hundred percent out. He he was out. Oh, he was that out. Was sick. Yeah. That was sick. He was that out, was but, sick because he went whoop. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta. You better tell Rosario. You better stay on your toes out there. You never know. <laughs> I could throw it this way, this way. It's gonna. Way. It's gonna be. It's gonna be hard, guys, for having another one. No, you got you guys. On. Maybe tonight because the last time that we talked. I did something. Mm-hmm. Maybe tonight something happened. Yeah. Can you give me, I know you were like, ah, I don't want to necessarily tell you what it is. Can you give me one move that you would make in a fancy way on the field like you did in the All-Star game last year? Like, give me some move that you would do if you were playing in an All-Star game, like an exhibition. It doesn't have to be the one, like the magical one that you might be holding, but something else that you could do that could show a little bit of flash on the field. Do you have any, like, trick plays? Oh. Uh, I will say, like, you remember the, the play that Colter won made? Like, just straight from here, from the backhand side, just straight. Do you remember that one? That Colton won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colton won. Colton won. Colton won. Colton won. He was with yeah. San Luis. He, he just, picked uh, it and just bouncer. flipped it like this. Yeah, bouncer yeah. to the backhand, yeah. and he just flipped it. Yes. I would say that one. That one's pretty hard. But, but you can do it. it. He made it look easy, but it's not easy to do it. Well, okay, what's your favorite... Favorite play you've ever seen from a second base or an infielder? Because you played shortstop in the WBC. So yeah. what's your favorite play you've ever seen? Obviously because I'm a great uh, follower of Biskel and Adrubal, Adrubal Cabrera. I like, you remember the, the play that Biskel made to the back end? I think it was the World Series against Florida, against Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that one with the jump. Now, have you met Omar? You've met Omar, right, Vizquel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the WBC this in the, year. This, this year for the first time, right? Yeah, did he first tried time it? ever. Did he try? Because I played with Omar for two years. Did he try? This is going to sound really weird, and I don't want anyone to think this is a weird question. Because if you know Omar, he's super into fashion. But he used to wear underwear that had, like, paintings on them, and he would always try to get all of us to wear them. He had, like, underwear with, like, a tiger <laughs> on them. No, so no, did he, he try he, and get you to wear – the weird underwear. No, he didn't. He didn't try. He actually gave me some good advice that I will remember forever. Well, what is it? 
Yeah, we were talking about shortstop because, you know, he, he sees something that I was doing there. Like, I wasn't moving my feet at all. And, you know, that's the most important as a shortstop. So he gave me some good advice, like how to stay in rhythm to the ball with the ground ball. And just basically, you know, uh, a good firm throw to the head of the first baseman. Well, it's working, Andres. Yeah. yeah, it's working, man. Good to catch up with you. Good luck. And I did do the homework. They are playing the A's from the 20th to the 22nd. <laughs> of June? Of June. <laughs> oh, boy. So, and two weeks, it's two weeks? a home game. Yeah, yeah, we already ready. went there. Yeah, we already went there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got a lot to do before that. But good luck against Boston tonight um, and Houston coming up. I know a lot of big games coming up for you guys. Yeah. And we'll talk in a few weeks, all right? All right, man. Thank you. Thank keep, you, guys. Hey, keep smiling. Cheers. Keep smiling. Cheers. He's got you. He's got you. <laughs> okay, okay. Andres Jimenez, Cleveland Guardians, joining us on FT Live. Ropa Interior. What? Underwear in Spanish. Ropa oh. Interiors. Oh, wow. Dude, Almoris Gill has some crazy – we used to laugh at him all the time. He's an unbelievably good player. Unbelievably interesting fashion sense. Artsy, right? Very artsy. Trick shot player, too. I mean, he could do fancy things yeah. with the glove. Yeah, he, owns a can- he, also has yeah. A, he also has a kangaroo, so he, he also owns a kangaroo. In his house in Seattle, he has a pet kangaroo. Is that legal? Oh, apparently. Yeah, is that? Legal? I mean, apparently, because he I, had one. I, I don't. I know I in the DR. I know in the DR. A lot of my teammates, they had. You know, I was just talking, you know, to Carlos Carlos Gomez today, and talking about. Um, Dang it, Luis Polonia, the hit king down the DR. He had, he had a lion. He had. <laughs> what else did he have? So he was Tiger King. He had a giraffe, I think. Like I'm like, I don't think those are the two that you want. I think it was him. Polonia had a giraffe. I'm like, what if the lion gets hungry? He's like, no. He's like, no, Bobby, I, I feed it chickens. It's messed up. It's just ridiculous. Is lion? To have a pet lion? Yeah. A lion. It's crazy. A lion. Just, that is a free. That's animal. like a Scarface. Didn't he have like something? Didn't he have like a tiger or something? Scarface? Scarface yeah. isn't a real person. Yeah. It just it just sounds Come on, back it sounds to like fantasy. too much. Spicy Ball is back for BetMGM sports players. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account and place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Got to use that promo code SPICYBALL. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.